This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Box and Will Brinson here. And uh, welcome back to our All 32 series, the series where we catch up with insiders and give you all the information that you need to know for every single NFL team. Today, we are diving into the Dallas Cowboys, Dem Boys with NFL staff writer for CBS Sports and Cowboys insider Garrett Padel. Garrett, uh, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing phenomenal, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. And you know, it's the off season when we're talking about the Cowboys. I'm just kidding. We all talk right. about the Cowboys all the time. All the yeah, time. I go back and forth here, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm so sick of talking about the Cowboys. And then I'm like, but God, it's so entertaining. Like, I think I've referenced Mike McCarthy's decision to come out publicly and say. Kellen's trying to light up the damps or light up the scoreboard. I'm trying to run the damn ball and get my defense off the field like 40 times in the last couple of months because it's it's literally insane. He yeah. is suggesting that he wants to score less points with that comment, which I don't know if you guys are aware, you need points to win games. Hmm. And yeah, so I less mean, points, bad. It's interesting because in his tenure, they were the second highest scoring offense in the NFL behind only Patrick Mahomes Chiefs from 2019 yeah. to 2022. So it's not like the offense is broken. It's more of just situationally and, and, and fundamentally foundationally with Dak Prescott's footwork tied to interceptions, a few things like that, some red zone stuff, some third down stuff that they want to tighten up. But Brian Schottenheimer told me at minicamp uh, at the by, end. By the way, you know, Brian Schottenheimer, you are now in an exclusive club with Brian Schottenheimer. Friends of the podcast. Oh, really? He's been on the podcast. That's right. Yes. Yeah, and he he was Great talking guy. about at the end of minicamp. Oh, so fun. He was yeah. mentioning how it's called the Texas Coast offense because yes. Mike McCarthy's roots, West Coast offense, as Aaron Rodgers would talk about in Green Bay, point and shoot. Rodgers calls it the most beautiful offense in football. But what they want to do in Dallas is – tighten things up with Prescott and specifically his footwork. The biggest thing they're working on with him is his dropbacks, timing his throws with his foundational movements in the pocket. Something that Schottenheimer, friend of the program, mentioned was something he really had to drill down with Brett oh. coordinator. Oh. You're back. And, uh, think, with the New York Jets. Oh, am I here? I think Billy, I think Billy may have been, yeah, 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 yeah. You're fine. You're fine. You keep okay. going. You're good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Schottenheimer said story time uh, with Shotty Brett Favre, uh, when he coached him with the New York Jets, uh, Brett loved to squeeze the football in there. 
he said the biggest thing is just making sure with the timing of the throws that the the chances and opportunities are right for Dak to make the throws. And I think Brandon Cooks will be very key as well in uh, reducing what you see there as the worst interception rate in football uh, last season. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was going to say. Dak Prescott league leading, what, 15 interceptions last year. And to Brinson's point, McCarthy has really scapegoated Kellen Moore here, blaming him for everything. What do you think that this offense is going to look like without Moore? I think, I mean, a big complaint with the offense is it could get predictable in some third down situations. They were really successful. They were a top five conversion offense in third downs. But uh, a lot of people love to show the curl routes, specifically the 49ers playoff game uh, that ended their season out in Santa Clara. Katie pumping her fist, of course. Hell yeah. <laughs> was, uh, there was an interception on a curl route in which he tried to hit Michael Gallup. It was tipped. Interception, same deal on a shorter route with CeeDee Lamb. And, and so I think what you have there is different route combinations and a lot of McCarthy's system in green Bay was predicated on receivers winning their routes and a variety of different routes. So I think just a little diversification of the different types of plays you're going to run there. And then also an even bigger emphasis, not just on running the ball, Brinson, which you mentioned, but pass protection with their running back. Schottenheimer hit on that two, three times when I last spoke with him at many camps. So involving running backs a little bit more, in the blocking game to help Dak have a little bit more time to throw. With that in mind, I mean, do you think like, I mean, are they, are they really done with this running back room? Like, I mean, they, Jerry Jones loves some Zeke Elliott, man. And yeah. eventually they're going to get to training camp and Zeke's going to be unsigned. Zeke is still unsigned, right? I feel like I yes. Yeah. He's something. on the <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I knew that. I was like, but it, it's just crazy. It's like Zeke, Dalvin, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, this is how it works. And people are always surprised. They're like, why have they found a home? It's like, well, they don't want to, they don't want to work out. They don't want to practice if they don't have to. They're veterans. They don't need to. Uh, and teams don't want to overpay for them. And they want to see what they need down the road. I, I guess I'm wondering, do you think they're done with this running back room? Or could we see somebody like a Dalvin, somebody like a Zeke added later? I think they're done if Ezekiel, it's asking price. Whatever it is, doesn't go down. Because Jerry and Steven both talked about at the Senior Bowl in February. We love Zeke and this and that. But Tony Pollard... As you see there, uh, Zeke was last in yards per touch last season. Tony Pollard was first. And Zeke had 16 more carries than Tony last year. So they've made it clear Tony is the lead back. Lead back is the phrase Mike McCarthy has used over and over this offseason. But I think they're done unless Zeke decides to take backup running back money, which could be difficult for him because he was the highest paid running back on his $90 million contract the last few seasons. Well, let's say that Zeke, you know, is done and then there's a lot on Tony Pollard. Then can he carry the full workload in the backfield? I'm looking right now at some fantasy projections saying he's the second best um, running back to take in your drafts. His over under, I believe, is at twelve hundred rushing yards. How how productive do you think that Tony Pollard could be? Is this someone we should look at for fantasy to take pretty high in our drafts? And certainly his over under at twelve hundred. Katie, I would hammer Tony Pollard in your fantasy drafts because not only with the rushing, but the receiving, he's really shifty, really elusive, has great hands out of the backfield. One game that just immediately comes to mind is the Minnesota Vikings game in which they won 40 to three last year. Pollard had, I think, multiple touchdowns, 50, 60 yards. He had a 57 yard 
touchdown run against the Rams, and that's when Aaron Donald was healthy. I, I think he can. Now, he did have a freak injury at the end of the season against the 49ers. He had the foot injury, but yeah. off the tightrope procedure, he said he feels faster. He's ramped up his training. It's more aggressive than he's ever been before. So he's very much training as if he's going to be the undisputed number one back. And I think it's a great play for fantasy because behind him, you've Deuce Vaughn, who's more of a gadget guy at, at his size around five foot six that they took out of the end of the draft from Kansas state. And then Ronald Jones is more of a flyer at this point after uh, Rojo feels like he might be like maybe on the roster. Right. I mean, I, I think, it's going to be between him and Malik Davis, an undrafted mm. running back who's been yeah, on the yeah. team the last couple of years. That's I, Malik Davis. Had, Malik Davis has like had some moments last year. Yeah, so that's competition for the RB three spot. I don't okay. think Malik Davis and Rojo are on the roster next right. year. So that's and a that makes it t- that makes it tough for the Zeke idea too, where it's like you've got this group or this running back room that you like, and it's sort of like you know uh, you know this. Why do I keep making Seinfeld references like people <laughs> like people actually? But it's like uh, you know George is like we're breaking up, and she's like no. He's like he's like this isn't like a this isn't a nuclear warhead. Like turn your key, like lady, like and Zeke's like no. I think I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to be a cowboy. It's just a matter of when Jerry caves. Um, with that running back room, maybe 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 it won't be the case. The like the wide receivers, and this is what this is what I don't get. You tr- you know you go get Brandon Cooks in a trade. You have CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. And obviously they let Amari Cooper, you know, traded Amari Cooper away last year. But it's like, I mean, they've got some pretty stout investments in their wide receiver room. And they're like, we're going to run the ball more. Like, I don't know. Like, it feels like a waste to run the ball a ton with those three wide receivers. I think that's more lip service. I think Mike McCarthy, he's an old school football coach yeah so he's gonna say that but i don't what that really means in my opinion is get ahead of the sticks on first down and that might not necessarily be by running maybe that's a dump down to tony pollard or now that brandon cooks is there i think you see a lot of involvement for from him in the intermediate and deeper parts of the field and i think what cooks does more than anything else is allow cd lamb to kind of hang out in the slot where he was far and away the best slot receiver in terms of his catches yards in that area and cooks even though he's under six feet his best spot is on the outside which Mm. i think brings a lot of balance to the cowboys offense so i think the cooks addition in terms of allowing cd to play where he likes to play and then also being a great resource for guys like michael gallup who to your point brinson they invested a ton of money in five years about 62 and a half million as well as jalen tolbert who was their third round pick oh yeah i love jalen tolbert at south alabama Shadi, uh, our friend of the program, to bring him up one more <laughs> like time, he uh, mentioned the biggest part of the Cooks investment in his eyes has been what he's done with Tolbert. He said Tolbert's basically been attached to Cooks' hip really? all throughout minicamp, and so they're expecting to see a nice little jump from him and maybe the wide receiver 3-4 spot along with Gallup. All right, looking at the uh, defense, Garrett, particularly the the secondary, you, you have Diggs already, right? Now you got Gilmore. They're the only team that have uh, two top 10, according to PFF, uh, cornerbacks on the same team. How explosive and how many picks do you think we're going to see um, in the secondary? I think the Gilmore addition isn't necessarily about picks because Trayvon mm-hmm. Diggs, when he led the league in picks a couple years ago, he also led the league in receiving yards allowed. So, you know, a really boomer bust kind of corner. I think the biggest 
area that Diggs is going to grow from having Stefan Gilmore next to him is just his fundamentals and being able to be a much better man coverage defender. The Cowboys were a top three zone defense last year in terms of pass rating allowed. Really awful in man. They're actually second worst. So I think what Gilmore does as a former defensive player of the year is help refine everybody in that room's technique and bring them into a more cohesive unit as a man coverage defense. Love it. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Cowboys offensive line long heralded as one of the best ever, but has it fallen off a cliff? Garrett will tell us next. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of the Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the Cowboys, I mean, like Tyron Smith's still there. Tyler Smith, they drafted in the first round last year. I'm, I can't, I know how to pronounce it. I never pronounce Piazza's name correctly. Yeah, I always, I always, I like, I know how to pronounce it because I would always talk about it in the draft, and then like I see it written down. I'm like, and like Wisconsin offensive lineman. Correct. It's like yeah, like the dude from Wisconsin, and then Hall of Famer Zach Martin's there, and and I guess Terrence Steele is going to be or Terrence Steele is going to be the 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 right tackle is that, is that is that what we're looking at right now and like do you this is the thing with the cowboys to me and this is true for a lot of nfl teams if something like if it like tyron smith dude tyron smith was drafted in 2011 like if you're a 30 year old you graduated like like would you graduate high school in 2011 i, mean, I don't even know if i don't even want to do the math because i'm going to get nauseous but like the point being is that he is older zach martin was drafted in 14 it feels, do you think this offensive line is a little fragile? Like that, that's just sort of what I'm getting at. Like that feels like the linchpin is the same for a lot of NFL teams, but like if you pull out one piece of that offensive line, it could go kaboom. Yeah, that's a great point. I think the Tyron Smith one is really valid. He had a neck injury that caused him to miss a lot of time in the past couple of years. And, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30, 32, 33. So I think with him, it's difficult because like you said, in 2011, I think Dynamite by Tyle Cruz was the top song back then. And, you know, I have not heard about Tyle Cruz in years. So just a time <laughs> capsule reference how long ago he was drafted in the NFL. But Zach Martin. I was talking to somebody about a time capsule earlier. To, for, I don't, for some reason, I can't remember A lot why. of time capsules on the same on. Tyle Cruz. Wow. That, that is a blast in the past. Good song. Good, oh, yeah. uh, good, uh, good performer. Very catchy. Very catchy. Dude, 2011, just to be clear, Tyron Smith, when he was drafted in 2011, that was my first year at CBS. I was covering, that was my first draft covering for CBS. That's how long ago it was. Yeah, and I think Zach Martin, he's about as sturdy as it gets and and physically standing by him at his locker after minicamp, whatever. He looks the same. I don't really have much concern about him, but I think... The real concern is if a Tyron Smith injury happens, they would kick Tyler Smith 
out to left tackle. And that's where he played a little bit when Tyron was coming back from his neck injury. But to your point, the next guys behind them, the depth just isn't there like it was in years past. I think you're right. If everybody's healthy, it's great. But if Tyron Smith has an injury, I don't think it's an L.A. Rams injury catastrophe where there's absolutely nothing there. But it's not great, the depth. But if everyone stays healthy, I think they're still top five units. All right, Garrett, we're going to ask you some gambling questions, uh, some futures on the Cowboys. But before we do, we would be remiss not to ask you about this Jerry Jones documentary that it was going to be on Netflix. There was a bidding war, $50 million. Fans will get to relive the glory days of Jerry Jones. Uh, What should we expect? I think uh, you should expect a lot of the 1990s because the Cowboys are currently on a run of 12 consecutive playoff appearances without a conference title game, which is the longest such streak in league history. So a lot, a lot of 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah, the the playoffs. But like yeah. they're like the they're like like fourth or fifth in the NFL in terms of longest drought of conference playoff appearances. That's or championship appearances. That's insane. It's like the Lions or the Browns and the Jets or the Jets actually have one too. Two. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's Washington, Detroit, the Browns, you know, the the model model franchise. Yeah, right. Uh, I I think there's going to be a lot of that. You know, Jerry Jones is in the Hall of Fame on the back of the 90s championships, but also what he's done for the league, growing the game. So I think he's mastered the ability to make what comes out of his mouth entertainment. Only owner who does post-game press conferences in the same way that a head coach does. So I think you're going to see a lot of uh, Jerryisms, which are his long-winded metaphors that after you hear him, you go, hmm, does that really make sense? Circumcising circumcising a mosquito? Like, what are we doing here, buddy? Like. I think he said that he said that yes oh he's he's had he likes insects I've heard a couple bees ones that I'm like are you sure the circumcising the mosquito thing actually makes a lot of sense when you think about it because it's like I mean obviously the you know the parts on a mosquito are not big because a mosquito is small so it's like a really difficult exercise is what he's trying to say yeah, and, and and I mean, you know, it's clearly you're Katie's on. Katie's like, Jesus, train. could you please? Be he just, he stop just smiles. <laughs> he just smiles and laughs and yeah. uh, counts his cash. And I th- and I think that's going to be exactly what you see in the documentary. He's he's a marketing guru, marketing genius. And uh, for those who don't like the Cowboys, I, I think they'll be uh, they'll find the same reasons to be annoyed. But if you're a Cowboys yeah. fan, I think you'll eat it up. What do you think about the Cowboys at plus one sixty five to win the division? That's I mean, yeah. the Eagles. See, I I feel like this line for the division odds and i've said for this offseason that the you know we, we've mentioned that the eagles have a much tougher schedule they had the easiest schedule in football last year now the hardest the eagles at minus 105 given their success last year like the i mean it's it's vegas is essentially saying this is a two-horse race would you rather lay the juice the light juice there with the eagles or or uh, take the plus money with the cowboys if you're betting on the division i would go with the cowboys for a couple of reasons one is there has not been a repeat champion in the NFC East since the Eagles in the early Donovan and McNabb, Andy Reid days, 2000, 2004, when they won three or four in a row. And then also, I think the Eagles, they suffered a little attrition along the defensive line. They lost Javon Hargrave to the 49ers, and they're incorporating in some young guys, Jordan Davis, two Georgia Bulldogs, and then, of course, Jalen Carter, who they drafted this year in the top 10. So I think there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period defensively up front for them. And I think the Cowboys are a much better roster than they were last year. Mm. As, as long as uh, everyone stays healthy offensively, I think the Cowboys could be really, really special. I think defensively they've been top five each of the last 
three years. Yeah, Dan Quinn has done a great job. Dan Quinn is phenomenal. And uh, I, I I really think that the Cowboys, it's their division to lose, even though the, the odds would say otherwise. I, mm. I like the juice on Dallas. Well, if you think Dallas is a special team, they are 15 to one to win the Super Bowl. If they win the NFC East, it's kind of hard to argue that they aren't going to be at least a contender for the Super Bowl. Is that is that how special this team is? Or are we not going that far? I think Dak's always gone that far. Troy Aikman actually in an interview in the last couple of weeks really complimented Dak Prescott and took a shot at Tony Romo by saying Dak's really been the only quarterback post himself to publicly say the Super Bowl is the standard for the Cowboys. Mm. So I think uh, I think well, ESPN Aikman, on CBS Crime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I, th- I think to Aikman's point, Dak is is very open about this is what the Cowboys should be doing, competing for Super Bowls. And I think they'll be right there in the mix. I mean, they've been just a couple bad bounces away each of the last two postseasons against San Francisco. But I, I think they're right there. I truly do. It's um, hard to get past those Niners. 15, man. This is, I mean, like I get to see the NFC. There's not many teams in there that they think are going to compete. But like 15 feels a, a little a little short for me for a team. By the way, uh, if I, Jay better talk about this in the documentary. In 1996, Jerry Jones, this is like, it's hard to find like, actual evidence of this, but I think Michael Silver wrote a story about it. Jerry Jones swears that he prayed to God <clears throat> that, um, you know, Beelzebub, uh, that he would, um, <laughs> Satan, if you, if you will, uh, he, he made a deal with the devil is what I'm saying. He's like, he's like, I, I, he's like, if you give me this title, I'll never ask for another one in my life. And it's like, and then it was like, he won it. It's like, maybe I shouldn't have mm. done yeah. that. Um, all right. Dak Prescott, interesting over-unders. 4,025 and a half passing yards and 26 and a half passing touchdowns. You like the over or the under knowing what we know about this offense. I like the over on the touchdown passes. The last healthy season Dak had 2021, he set the franchise single season record for touchdowns with 37. So I feel pretty good about him eclipsing 26. The yards, not as excited about or comfortable with because, you know, if we're, Take men gambling picks. I don't want to lose anybody money potentially. So I, I could see them really being. I, I I could see them really focusing on the run game to to Mike McCarthy's point, or even just the shorter passing game to limit risk. So I don't necessarily know if that equates to over four thousand yards, but I definitely see the touchdowns figure being very appetizing for potential betters. All right. Well, you gave us a lot to think on or chew on with these appetizers. Thank you so much to Garrett Padel for joining us. The vibes are high in Dallas, but I will say uh-huh. they're high pretty much every single year. And then something happens in the playoffs. We hope that doesn't happen to you this year. Unless of course, you hope it happens to the Niners 40- again, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, hope, we hope it happens with the 49ers again, because that was a lot of fun. Garrett, again, thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for more from all from our All 32 series with daily drops in your podcast feed and on YouTube. And uh, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on this video. And we'll see you for the next one. Garrett, thank you. Thanks, Garrett. Thanks for having me. See you, man. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.